With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Relax in this beautiful space that you've created. Stand up. Okay, we're going to expand the energy. You're going to do it the form with your eyes closed. So you internalize the energy completely. So just close your eyes. In order to go out, you got to go within. Tai Chi is my method of doing it. It allows all energy condensed in the very core of your body and as you continue this practice or any of your Tai Chi forms practice with your eyes closed sometimes so you can really internalize it and some marvelous things will happen I won't spoil your experience if you are not sexual you cannot be spiritual because it takes energy to be spiritual it takes energy to meditate. And I'm not talking about alpha relaxation. I'm talking about meditation, dynamic, deep meditation. Learning to rotate your consciousness through the body in certain specific psychic pathways that the tantric traditions have had after that. And in this way, we open up and enliven ourselves to the possibility of being able to create and be any and everything your potential will allow to be in this lifetime. But I found that this is very effective for developing my sexual energy. And, and when we talk about sexual energy, we're not talking about making love. We're talking about the natural energy that flows through our body that makes us alive. We put the connotation sexual because that's how we deal with it. But there are many ways of using your sexual energy. Creativity, writing, painting, the martial arts form. Many, many ways. But this will increase your sexual energy for what we call love play. It just takes a little practice to get this current going. Do your breathing and sit the energy going out into the earth that goes into your system. If you really want to communicate, and the only way we as men can really communicate with a woman is opening up a heart chakra on a hot to here. That's your first step to learning how to 
use fudging or anything else. It's developing your sexual energy. You see, the microcosmic orbit is, is for your health. It creates this orbit around the body and goes into the five internal organs. The cobra breath works strictly with the spine. But the yoga that we just built, it, it works through our thrusting channel in Tibetan. I mean, uh, in Chinese. In Tibetan, it's called the Uma channel. Right in the center of the body. And we say that, well, I don't feel it. But you got to develop it. You got to develop the sensitivity of it because it's there. Just because we don't feel it one or two times, we ignore it or forget it. That's why it takes discipline. And what does discipline mean? You've made a decision to do something, to complete completion. And when we look at that word completion, nothing is ever complete. Because everything is constantly changing and moving, changing shape, changing energy patterns. So this whole thing that we're doing here, from our, the physical, the martial arts, into the mental and spiritual things, it's it's not a three-day wonder, you know. It's your life. And as you exhale, slowly open your eyes, very slowly. Who's live on the line and everybody who is catching the download 
I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Let me get on my feet for a standing ovation for all of you. Yes, 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 yes. All right, that opening track, and I don't think I played that on Wednesdays, is uh, Grandmaster Sanyata Saraswati, author of The Jewel and the Lotus. I call it uh, my tantric Bible. If you don't have one, you need one in your library. Get the third edition. Um, if you find one in a different language and you don't want it, just call me and I'll get it from you. Trust me, I like collecting those vintages like that. Um, the, the the content is already worth millions to me, but one day the, the actual price tag will probably match the content of the book and the intentions. Um, Got to do a quick announcement tonight. This show is also brought to you by RelaxationIsTheKey.com, RelaxationIsTheKey.com. And if you go over to RelaxationIsTheKey.com, you'll see the banner right there at the top that's advertising the uh, the Tantric Lifestyle Workshop on September the 9th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina with Coach Kyrie and Master Yael Morris. It's going to be a barn burner. I don't know if you've ever been down in the South and even heard uh, Jethro and Ellie Mae and them talking about a barn burner, but... When you come down here, it's going to be almost like a spiritual revival. Um, so September the 9th, I need you all to have your face in the place. I love to see some of you twice. I love to see some of you down there on the 31st in Norcross at Dr. Jewel Pookum's, uh event. I'm going to be there on the front row. And then come on back up to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and let's keep expanding and expanding and expanding as we grow and grow and grow. Uh, my last announcement is for... Watoto from the Nile. Watoto from the Nile. If you've seen a letter to Little Wayne by these four little girls from Baltimore, if you all have been listening to me, you know I don't do my shows for adults. I do them for children. More adults listen because the influence that I'm going to have on you is going to have a direct effect on the children in your community, in your household, and around the world. So I'm trying to get to the babies through you. So. Please support Watoto from the Nile. Um, you can just Google them. They have a WordPress site. You can go on YouTube. But tonight I want everybody to go over to Kickstart. Kickstart and type in Watoto, W-A-T-O-T-O from the Nile, uh, the Kickstart Love Project. They're trying to get some money together to uh, actually get in the studio and really, really, really get serious about a lot of the things that they've been doing, and I mean, it's, it's it's just powerful. That's all I can really say about it. I do. I would have like something a little longer to read on it. They need recording sessions, mixing and mastering songs, packaging and duplications of albums, performance and vocal training, and marketing products and services. If you are a friend of mine on Facebook, just send me an inbox, and I will send you the link to the page, and I'll try to put it in the chat room before tonight is up. All right, without further ado, I got to bring on my co-hostess and woman of the hour, goddess of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Y'all please put y'all hands together for none other than Dr. Jewel Pulcrum. This is a dream come true. It's awesome, baby! Dr. Pulcrum, you know it's always awesome when you come on my show. How you doing tonight? 
I'm wonderful. Thank you. And how are you? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to raise the standards because I know a lot of people, you know, your your time is valuable. You're highly sought after. But I want to make sure that when people, when you go to somebody else's show, I want you to think in your mind, be like, well, they just don't do it over here like they do it at Original Native Radio. So, you know, we're going to make sure we spoil you over here. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad you came on tonight. Um, we're coming down the stretch. We've been letting people know um, about the brain balancing program that you have going on, about the um, the history lesson that you have for August the 31st down in um, in Norcross. Our listeners last week, they went bananas on the download, and I want to just thank you for bringing that energy and for them bringing their dedication, the listeners. But tonight, I really, really want to get specific um, about a subject that is near and dear to both of our hearts. And even though we're going to be keeping it adult, we want to get it to the adults. So um, I think maybe last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about what kind of balanced brain sends their children to school to come out with sixty dollars to $100,000 worth of debt. So tonight, I want to talk about um, Tantra. And, you know, the, the topic of this, you know, well, the, the precepts of the show is the Illuminati money. But Illuminati is illuminated, one who is enlightened, not necessarily these these uh, so-called super criminals who are controlling 99% uh, of the wealth. When I first started this show, I said money is like a sophisticated woman. If you don't know how to treat her, she will leave you. And I said, well, if you are the a part of the Illuminati or behaving like them, you know how to treat money, and money will chase you. So I said 99% of the money is chasing the 1% of the people who know how to treat it. So as we become, um, when we lighten up and uh, attain to these rates of ascension, that is in our particular birthright. And money is no more than electrical currency, electrical energy, the same thing that we have to get our brain to operate on on an even scale, not just left brain, not just right brain, but have them both balanced. And being as one of the big surprises for me when I first met you was that we have in common is Senyata Saraswati. And I wanted to talk about Tantra tonight. And Senyata's definition of Tantra is the expanded consciousness, the freedom through expanded consciousness by awakening the kundalini and how that plays into sacred spirituality and relationships. A lot of people have been using the word without a lot of research, without a lot of actual practice. And tonight I wanted to bring in someone who has been uh, not only aware of the science and art of Tantra, but acts, but also a practitioner for quite some time. So, uh, where would you like to start at tonight? <laughs> okay. Well, hi, everyone. I just want to say uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, Coach Kaya, thanks for having such a great show. I just love all of the uh, sound effects. It's amazing. Well, you know, <laughs> the place to always start with anything is at the beginning. And I... Um, Felt really obligated to have to spend some time uh, learning uh, Tantra. <clears throat> and in my Native American tradition, the same teachings are taught, and they are known as the Shiva Kwe Kwadoshka 
in the uh, Cherokee uh, and Nashashabi nation. And um, it's really interesting and it's unfortunate that these basic teachings have been lost. And, you know, what inspired me to realize that I was obligated in learning about the Kundalini energy and obviously learning about this <coughs> reservoir, which is in the pelvis, and being a gynecologist and an obstetrician, you know, one day I just recognized that it was just crazy. How could you be an obstetrician and a gynecologist and you don't know anything about sex, you know, other than obviously what the little bit they taught you in medical school and what you've heard on the street and your friends and, you know, if you had relatively enlightened parents, what they told you. But as a gynecologist, as an obstetrician, I felt that it was really an obligation on my part to really understand this part of the body. <clears throat> I had done well with that in medical school. I uh, spent many, many hours dissecting the uh, pelvis of my anatomy specimen, my cadaver, and I learned a lot about the pelvis and the muscles and the nerves and the arteries and things, et cetera, from spending so much time. And I did that intentionally to prepare myself to be able to be a capable surgeon in that area. But nobody was really talking about the sexual energies and how that flows. So, so when I finally got whiff of this, that, that was something that really dealt with sexuality. And not only that, those energies could be used to raise an individual's consciousness, could be used to repair the body, and also to to uh, usher the consciousness into activating and dwelling within the multiple bodies that an individual occupies. That really got my attention. Now, that last statement, many people may not know it, but finally that's going to become very clear here that we have more than just one body. And, you know, I've put out some teachings on that, and I, I don't want to go into that right now, but you've got to become aware that you are responsible for being able to experience your present existence in seven bodies, and each one of those bodies represents a frequency, a wavelength of life, a quality of energy. And one of the things that's so great about the Shudakwe Kadoshka or the Anna, that is really just different names, Tantra, is the fact that it does allow you with practice and diligence not only to intellectually know about the multiple bodies that you have, but also to consciously occupy them and to be able to live the life that is available at those different frequencies. So, you know, all of this information has been uh, reviewed and, and a lot of it sequestered still because of degrees and the uh, selfishness of many of the individuals who are either capable of acquiring access to the knowledge because they had the money to pay for the excavation, they sponsored the, the fine, or they literally um, happened to be there at the right time in the right place, but use this information as a, a one-up one type of um, tool so that people could not have access to it. 
there are even organizations that exist now that use these tantric practices to be able to create reality in what we call the higher realms of the frequencies and then in their own consciousness lower them into this dimension to dwell. Now, these are things that uh, are very seldom taught, but there are individuals that literally make their living supplying their bodies and their minds for these tantric practices to be able to manipulate and create reality on this realm. I want you to understand this just got to be just really, really interesting. So there are women and there are men that basically make their living this way. And they have tremendous stamina because to be able to galvanize enough energy, okay, enough T energy through the body to be able to pull it up through all of the chakras or seals and to hold it in the brain, projecting onto the prefrontal cortex of the brain the image, the blueprint that they wish and desire to materialize in this dimension usually takes a minimum of about two hours of consistent sexual activity. And then usually after two hours, and the most successful manifestations are three to four hours. And it's a guarantee that what will manifest will be exactly what you were able to hold the focus on. So um, the information that has been shared with me, et cetera, makes it very clear that the participants don't necessarily hold the same vision that even manifested more powerfully that if both partners are involved in holding the same vision on their prefrontal cortex, it doesn't matter. The point is is that once the energies reach their highest point and then are released into the universe, that it is done simultaneously. So if one partner has a different focus, whatever they want to achieve, the other partner has the other focus, as long as the sequences are consistent and simultaneously manifestation occurs. So, you know, when I think about the fact that uh, most of the general population is really, you know, living their lives with minimal amounts of information and with a highly underdeveloped body, the one that they're aware of right now, which is what we call the Hertzian body or in the Hertz vibration, you can look up on the electromagnetic spectrum how fast the photons are vibrating uh, in space to allow your hurt body to exist, okay? As, as people are not understanding at all these latent dormant potentials. And then we have fields of entertainment and communication vehicles and just all kind of things that even continue to keep the individual dummy down. So in some of the literature, they talk about the fact that there is a frequency sense and that these frequency sensors have been laid down on the energy grid, not only of the general template for the human, but also on the earth energy grid. So that people that are standing 
on earth, etc., and do not understand how to modulate their own frequency centers will literally be captivated by a grid of energy that will create intense static in the minds of, should I say, in the brains of individuals who do not know how to control and modulate the brain so that their awareness, their perception of reality is above the frequency of the sense. So, I mean, you know, you can get very literal here so that you can really understand. It's just like the cattle senses that they use to keep cattle in one place versus another. You know, you can go around in that space as, you know, a cow, a steer, but when you go up on that fence, because they've got, you know, 150, 200 volts of electricity, if you do not have the capability of either jumping the fence or being able to use your awareness to rise your consciousness above it, you're going to get basically de-energized, debilitated mentally every time you go up on the fence. And most people are not aware, aware of the fact that they are fenced in. So I think it's interesting that uh, they've been terms used to uh, describe this energy phenomenon that's been laid down on the planet. And they, in the corporate world, call it the glass ceiling. And, you know, they've got all these different terms, but they don't recognize that it's not per se the people that they would want to point out that are keeping them from, quote, rising to the point of existence that they desire. It's literally a frequency grid that has been put around the environment that they seek to conquer, and they have not understood how to alter the function of their brain by changing their neurologic connections to raise their consciousness above the frequency set. So with at this point, you know, when I begin to look at this gynecologically, I recognize that this was an awesome, awesome personal war that each and every one of us was really fighting. And, you know, I spent a lot of time um, campaigning to bring the consciousness of women uh, up in regards to eating fibroids. And the more research I did, I recognized that this part of the body was literally under siege. It was under attack, Chief Kair, by the consciousness of the individual. And that these beliefs and values around the uterus, et cetera, were inherited, passed on the genes through many, many generations because of the frequency sense that had been laid down to create a mass phenomenon known as slavery. And still to this day, most individuals, especially the African in America, as they want to refer to themselves, because that's really a a different type language uh, that I hope soon will be redefined for ourselves. But the descendants of American slaves in America 
there was a frequency sense that was literally laid down that caused this group of individuals to literally lose their awareness, not be able to really bring that forth about the use of their sexual energy. And so, therefore, the product of slavery was the uterus. And most people still not able to really figure that out yet. The product of slavery was the uterus because that's where all slaves came from. And then you have to understand that if that was the matrix for slavery, then obviously the energy source for that matrix, that uterus, being the woman and her consciousness being under a frequency sense produced a phenomenal amount of habit in her genetic pool. Very, very interesting. And still to this day, we still have women that are still presently affected from that, okay, that when a woman has literally formed a very vivid belief system around the detriment of being able to have the capacity to create, you know that you have You got problems. Um, Dr. Pilgrim, I wanted to, um, <clears throat> while you catch your breath right there for a second, I wanted to, um, well, I just love how it was just flowing as I I pulled out my jewel in the lotus tonight, and um, one of the, the second paragraph or second sentence says, our basic problem is simply that we have forgotten our true nature, have become entangled in the drama of being an individual, striving for individual recognition achievement, satisfaction. We feel separate, alienated, at odds with our world only because we have lost sight of our essential truth. And the yes, second yes, part... That's, that's, that's the frequency, but that, that, that's the frequency that I laid down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then the real problems of us looking at um, <clears throat> sex as such a taboo subject, even in our lifestyle, something to keep it hidden. He writes um, on page 21, it takes enormous courage and dedication to be tantric in your view of sexuality. Our culture is very confused about sexuality. On one hand, there are cultural presences to inhibit our sexual expression, but you can never free yourself from sex by repressing it. Trying to avoid sex creates an obsession. Unexpressed sexual energy turns into neurosis and violence. We are enslaved by our sexuality and yet not permitted to enjoy it, so the hunger is never satisfied. Uh, your comments on that um, on that passage? Well, that well, that's that, 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 You know, there's a frequency. Uh, uh, Let's look here. There's a three-part 
Dr. Tool is moving around, everybody. He's moving some stuff so she can get a better frequency. So please, everybody, just be patient with us. And Dr. Jewel, if you are in a room that has the has the speakers on on the on the computer, you're gonna to have to turn those down because that's what that's what causes a lot of the feedback. Why uh, Dr. Jewel is finding a, a a different space to get a different vibration. I definitely want to remind everyone that she will be in Norcross, Georgia, next week, the twenty. I mean, the thirty-first next Friday. So we got seven, eight, nine days before that uh, event comes about. You can just uh, email for information on advanced tickets to events at the Network.net. Events at Network.net. Also, you can go over to uh, the Network.net and click on events and find out uh, much more information about next This cosmology lecture is going to be talking about 150 million years ago until now, the journey through cosmology of the human race. This is Friday, August 31st, December the 12th, from 7 to 10 p.m. We held at the Rogers Hudson Wood, 4511 Jones Bridge Circle, 4511 Jones Bridge Circle, North Cross, Georgia. Uh, find out where you're from, really. What is the origin of DNA? Die. Logical. Much like I said, for your advanced ticket information, please email event at jewelnetwork.net. Um, I have someone who's also following Lotus. Uh, just joined. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We have Dr. Jewel tonight as our guest on original radio. And we're covering Illuminati money from the aspect of Contra and the energy. It's a very strong frequency uh, human connection. Can I get a sound check? Uh,
say I've been watching you for a while, smiling and stuff. I don't know if I can give you two for the night. Alright, that alright, baby, baby. Try this again to see if we can get a better connection. Uh, can I get some feedback or a response of how we're sounding in the chat room now? I switched over to another line, and I see I also have someone's hand raised. Uh, let me see what this person can they hear us. Caller from the five one zero three zero seven. How you doing tonight? Hello. All right, Doctor Doctor Pulcrum. Hello. The background noise is Doctor Pulcrum's phone. Okay. All right, Blog Talk was having some big problems last night. So we're just waiting for her to get in a... salivating. 
So we hear the word, we often hear the words, not me, but we often hear the words Illuminati, and we think of some old white people sitting around a big table making all the decisions in the world. Or we hear the world Tantra, and we think of orgies. We think of people just having wild, abandoned sex. And neither one of those are could be any further away from the truth. Okay, let me see if I got Dr. Jewel back on. Dr. Jewel, you back? Yes, I am. Okay. Much much clearer, much clearer. Oh, okay, yeah. There's very interesting things going on here in the uh, realm of electricity lately. And so I guess most of us know that with what's happening with the planet and solar system. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, if you didn't hear my last statement, I was saying that, you know, Tantra basically was our basic ABCs that was to teach us how to be able to modulate this unlimited source of uh, life force energy contained in the body so that the body would always be able to continuously renew itself. And that tremor was definitely shut down. And so most people do not have that information. However, what's so wonderful is that you can get the information anytime you desire. Age is not an issue. The key is your willingness to begin to employ and study these teachings in your life, which means that you also got to change the brain. You know, I have a picture here, and uh, this picture is a picture of the uh, skull of Tutankhamun. To tuck among King Tut uh, when they uh, took the gauze wrappings here uh, off of his uh, mummified body uh, down to the level of those gauze that had been made directly on top of the skin. And he has a gold imprinted serpentine caduceus, literally that runs from the pineal gland all the way across the skull to the base of the uh, atlas and axis uh, at the base of the head. And you can see that these are two gold serpents, and they actually represent the fact that this individual had also been trained and mastered the capacity to bring the kundalini energy up to uh, frequencies or main qualities of energy up the spine through the brain and then literally back down to complete the microcosmic orbit. So that was part of the qualities and qualifications to basically be uh, Pharaoh. So we know that with the signature that was on his skull in gold, this was inlaid in gold on his skull, the things that he was able to do. So, you know, I, I don't talk about this often, but it was a great revelation to recognize that this pseudoscience known as Egyptology has played a major part in supporting the frequency grid that has been laid down over the consciousness of humanity to keep them diverted and ignorant about 
the legacy that has been left for us in these temples throughout Egypt and throughout northern Africa and China, as well as throughout Mexico and South America. All of these pyramids, et cetera, had documents and icons available for us to help us remember what it was and what we needed to do to get us through this period of literally 6,000 years up till the next shift in frequency for planet Earth. And, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, there's no true science known as Egyptology. This was literally a collection of beings who literally translated documents with such degree of what we call uh, disinformation that the real essence of what was being left for us was totally suppressed. So it's interesting how when you look at the history of things, how things have been revealed to you, but the information given to them totally deters your capacity to really comprehend what was presented to you and what was available to you, and you can hold it and turn it around, et cetera, but the distortion was so great that unless you were able to ask for truth always and to ask from the heart chakra, the veil is never dropped. And so what you hear and what you've been told about what you're seeing literally is absorbed by the brain and is used as facts to process phenomena. And it's not true. It's not true. So that is one of the greatest uh, tools that you can have at this point in time is to ask for the absolute universal truth in all things. And these false veils and these energy frequency senses that have been held in place, that have blinded you, that have literally made you deaf, et cetera, will drop. This is the key to help you get back on the path. And, you know, again, cancer and anything else is not going to have the effect that it should, it could have and was created to have, which is what Sinyata is writing about here in The Lotus and the Jewel. The Jewel and the Lotus is the fact that this true sincerity, this willingness to drop all the pretenses and all these things and to come forth totally open to learning the truth, et cetera, is what is necessary. That's why so many people really can't deal with cancer because they don't they don't come surrendering to just wanting to know the truth under all circumstances. They don't do that. So but none of that willing to do that. I mean you have to understand why do you think that I know what I know? How many of my colleagues were willing to recognize that, hey, how can I sit up here and tell women about their uh, sexuality and their genitalia, and I don't even know about sex. To me, it's very, it's very obvious. How are you going to be a gynecologist and an obstetrician, and you don't know tantra? That you've never ever been taught about these energies. You're not passing them up your own spine into your own brain. You've never done any of these things, and yet and still, you are going to take upon yourself to advise people who are paying you to do this. You're going to give them misinformation because you haven't exhausted and been as thorough as possible 
in knowing about your craft, your field. The body is sacred, and for you to get busy wanting to work on it and do all kind of things, and you have not completed the initiation. And I'm telling you, this is why as these curtains of ignorance drop, it is just going to be really devastating for most people because they have not prepared a brain for change. They don't have a brain prepared for truth. Do you understand? This is very important, Coach. This is why I take my time here and have this conversation with you because I genuinely know that you are devoted to coaching, facilitating these people to prepare themselves to be truthful and honest. Because most people do not have a brain that can process truth. You have to have a brain that is orientated where the neurons can carry that frequency. That's why most people turn away from truth, because the brain can't process that frequency. The truth is frequency. They can't process that because that frequency is so intense that how you thought your life was, it will change on a dime. I want you to understand why I just told you why I had to put my knife down, my scalpel down. I put a whole career away in surgery because of truth. When you recognize you can't create a uterus, you're a surgeon. Can you create a uterus? I mean, now this is just straightforward Aristotelian logic. Can you create a uterus? No. Next premise, then why do you truly believe that this uterus should come out? What is the detail of your comprehension that you can't create this, but yet still you can destroy it and dismantle it? Wow. What is the next premise? Okay, and from there there is no next premise because it's the, the, the argument is ludicrous. If you can't create what you definitely have decided must be destroyed, then we know that you just don't even know what you're talking about. That you're missing so much information that you are in no position to move forward any step further. That's just logical. And that's what I recognized was my situation. I had been taught how to destroy something, but now had I been taught how to build one? The answer is no. How do you even know that what you're seeing really needs to be removed because if you really knew the process of how it was really created and could literally recreate that yourself, you would probably see what the error was and what phase of its creation and correct it without having to destroy it. That's just logical. And that's why people don't want to go to those areas of reason because then it requires you to make an immediate adjustment in your behavior. And most people are not willing to do that. Now, I can tell you, you can probably count on one hand the number of surgeons who had a very large practice that people really liked them and they put their knife down because they recognize, but we don't know enough to continue to do this. The social, institutional, political, monetary investment in becoming physicians and surgeons, et cetera, make that capacity to just walk away from that very, very intense and almost impossible for most people who even walk the road. 
because the reason why they started out on the path was not for the highest reasons. So, you know, I have no problem in understanding why medicine is challenged every day and people are wondering if they really got the best treatment and they really have suspicion about the physicians and the nurses, et cetera, because most people who enter into those professions don't go there for the highest reason. And so if you're not there for the highest reason, then obviously you can literally be bought and manipulated very easily, and most people are. So it's not necessarily overtly malicious, but again, if the reason isn't of the highest, then there's always a loophole in your agenda that can literally be manipulated. And if life under all circumstances is not the goal that you want to sustain and support, then definitely you can be manipulated. You can be manipulated. And this is such a great I didn't yeah, I didn't mean to cut you I didn't mean to cut well, your wisdom, but this is this go I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to say that that is why the profession suffers. And we do not have a distillation point at the beginning of this role for people who are interested to ensure that those people who are going to walk the road are most likely the individuals who we can truly rely on that under all circumstances will help us or they will send us away to some other place where we can get help. We have to understand that, you know, I came to a profession where it was an abomination and you were considered some type of, um, what's the term that they use, uh, fanatic if you literally begin counseling patients about their diet. Can you imagine that? That you literally considered a fanatic and that was literally considered malpractice if you told people that they should or should not eat certain things because they had arthritis or cancer, et cetera. Because that was not the standard protocol. The standard of care means that you give whatever they tell you you should, chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, or a combination of but to actually include dietary recommendations and lifestyle recommendations, that was considered malpractice. Now, do you understand that? That is incredible when we recognize that we have always been affected by the food we eat. But an institution to take a stand and say that it doesn't matter what you eat with cancer, you just do what we say. And that's why, you know, the little institution now that is coming up, the uh, Cancer Institute of America, I've never been to one. I don't know anybody that works in one, but just from reading their perspective, perspective and the things that they advertise, et cetera, that a person really will get a break. They really will get some help if they haven't been misdiagnosed by giving the diagnosis, been given the diagnosis of cancer because at least these people are willing to do a whole dietary overhaul. They are willing to sit there and listen to your emotional state. In the past, none of that was even significant. That was had nothing to do with nothing. This is what you do. And it's amazing that as logical as that is, when you're taught about the digestive tract, it makes it very obvious that what you put in the digestive tract is the building blocks to your body. If it's full of toxins and poisons and whatever else is, it's totally been denuded of any of its life force energy, 
why would you give that to a system that shows that it's energetically weak? And so then to tell somebody who energetically is weakened with whatever the diagnosis is, that diet doesn't make a difference, can only be carried out by people who are not thinking. They're not thinkers. And so this is what I'm saying is that when you come and you make a commitment to be fully present, using your brain, having all of your chakras open, et cetera, then anything that basically is distorted or definitely is devoid of life force, you will not participate. You will not participate in that. Or you will change it so that you will participate in it because it's going to be re-enlivened. So this is a real elegant time for us in the 21st century because all these institutions are being purged and cleansed and are being totally opened for all of us to take a look at and see how much life force is in them and do we need to rebuild it or just to uh, just dissolve it or do we need to recognize that we've got to create a modification of this to move to the next level where we wind up having something totally new, a metamorphosis. But we have to look. And, you know, I'm so concerned that so many people are allowing themselves to be entertained to stay blind, entertained to stay asleep, that they're going to miss this opportunity to create a fabulous heaven on earth, which means that if they didn't participate, then they're not going to be able to have the experience. Because what's coming up now, see what people don't understand, that what's coming up now, if you don't participate, you're not going to be able to have the experience because participation is preparing the body and the brain to be what you've created. So if you stand on the sidelines or you don't even know what's being created, you won't have a body, you won't have a nervous system that will allow you to be plugged in and be involved. But most people don't even recognize that that is what the initiation is. You have to be it to be it. I wanted to I, I wanted to take that and move it right into just the spirituality part or just relationships because when you were di- when you were going through the body talking about the, uh, the digestive tract and the building block, I was also and and then um, about the misinformation that we have. I'm a latchkey kid. That means my parents were divorced and both of them were at work, and when I came home, I would let myself in, and there was no nurturing there, you know, back in the 40s, 50s, 30s, 20s. Even in slavery, when you came home, you were greeted. You may have to have to go right to work, but, you know, before the IRS came in and wanted to divide the household up, children were greeted by their parents, and they would, you know, they had that nurturing there like that. But me, I cooked breakfast for myself and many times ate dinner by myself, and uh, my father will come in. Uh, big big shouts out to my father, Arthur Lee Carter. His birthday is tonight at midnight, tomorrow, August the 23rd. So I'm in here getting prepared for a huge, uh, something special for him, uh, celebrating that particular ancestor. But in relationships now, um, we take in such false information, Dr. Pilgrim, 
Like, we're getting such wrong information from these white coats and look, uh, watching our partners die, and we have so so much resistance. Have you ever seen them? I mean, I've seen relationships where um, one partner would say, there are alternative ways. You need to change your diet, and we can heal you from this cancer or from this X, Y, Z. And then the other partner is like, oh, I got to resist because the medical profession told me X, Y, Z. Um, can you talk about how uh, relationships have to be strengthened with uh, new information after they deprogram from the misinformation, please? Okay, he will. Okay, let's make this as simple as possible. Okay, first of all, there are no victims. Okay, we have to always go back to universal law. Everybody mm. involved. Okay, one, that's the truth, okay. Two, everybody involved is a living manifestation of God. So understanding there are no victims and everyone involved is a living manifestation of God, then number three is then we have to look at the fact is everybody willing or have they been implementing and exhibiting themselves in their own life for who they really are? So, obviously, if we have a disease process going on in two people who have made the claim that they are one, okay, indicates that someone has not been fully 100% in the present being who they are a living manifestation of God. It's okay. Again, we've been held under a frequency sense that has caused people to define themselves as all kind of things other than who they really are, a manifestation of God. So the symptoms in your body are showing you that you have not been living your life in full God consciousness. Okay, fine. So this is a wake-up call. What are we going to do? Just from what I've said, it doesn't matter about whether they have white coats or blue coats or black coats or even the partner who is asking you to be who you are, a living manifestation of God. When an individual is not willing to go within and begin to cleanse on all levels to get to the real origin of why their immaculate divine temple is deteriorating has decided that they do not want to heal. And, of course, then, you know, we give that responsibility because most people are not just willing to say, I just want to go out of here with my cancer or my arthritis or my MS or whatever they have. So, therefore, they use, obviously, the person who's brought them some erroneous information as the escape code. So you have to understand that there are some issues here that have not been addressed. In this relationship where the two people came together saying they were one, there was a person who basically was not willing to do that or they enrolled, literally assigned, merged in themselves into that relationship under false identity. And any time a person goes into a relationship under false identity, it is going to be revealed in the relationship. Mm. So you have to understand this is what the society has perpetuated. Look at how many people 
go into agreements and relationships to, quote, better their life. So the two of us working together, we can get this. We can buy that. We can have this. More clothes, more house, more this, more that, and the other. But that is a working partnership. But that is not really a marriage. Those two people never came together and merged to become one. They just made a working partnership agreement to access more material things. And that for no reason should have ever been labeled as a, quote, marriage. See, this is what I'm saying is that, you know, people are making assumptions that they have certain things, but when you really look and analyze what the agreements were, how did they form these alliances, you recognize that what they formed and what they have is definitely not what they are calling it. Not what they're calling it. So the bottom line as I would see it for this example where an individual is not willing at all to investigate any aspect of how they can help themselves in a natural way definitely is cloaked and reeking with fear, definitely in no way understands who they are, is totally disempowered themselves over the years living and thinking in a way that was not congruent with the body that they inhabit. And this is very, very common, very, very common. So this is also going to be totally redefined as we move deep into the 21st century, is that people are going to have to be open and honest and clear about why they are forging relationships, mergers with other people, why they are doing that. So I think it's really healthy that people decide they want to live together or whatever else, et cetera, before they take on that ritual of marriage because it's a very, very high initiation. And that high initiation, as I'm able to comprehend it at this time, is a willingness for you to allow an individual who has a different frequency, a different master frequency running through their tissues that literally represents the opposite frequency that is dominant in your body to be a mirror for you so that eventually you can become energetically a whole person, which really is going to allow you to wind up to be androgynous. See, we are literally energy being energy and consciousness. And so to have a genital signature is literally saying to us that these are the energies that you have to learn and master. And as you are learning and mastering the magnetic field, which exemplifies itself usually in females as opposed to the electric field that exhibits itself in males, When you decide that you want to become one, a whole being, you have to master the electric magnetic field. And so it's easier to do that when you have a partner that is willing to mirror to you your magnetic self or your electric self so that finally both beings can become androgynous, that is completely balanced within themselves, And then from there, there's now another level of initiation 
to decide do we even need to stay together because now we are both complete within ourselves and create a new destiny that we're going to walk together or we go our separate ways because to death do us part was never, ever part of the equation. That was a information statement. Nobody should ever take a pledge about death. What are you doing? The whole reason for this union was to be enlivened for eternity. And people don't get that. So I'm saying that there's been a lot of disinformation clauses that have been slid into many of these high initiations, et cetera, that because they took them, they got to basically live it out. So I'm telling you that, you know, God is not female or male. It is both and everything else. And that is the initiation that you want to be able to be, a true microcosmic, microscopic manifestation of the source that you come from. And so what you start out as male or female or ant or worm or whatever, your evolution, you're going to go through a lot of different transformations and metamorphosis to become all that you were created in the image of. So this is what I'm saying is that, you know, we've been fed so much misinformation and we're so stuck in a little teeny box, a little corral in our own life of thinking that how it is is how it is. It, it, look, we have no idea of how it is. That's the whole journey, to find out how it is. That is the whole journey for living, to find out how it is. And then once you find out how it is in the Hudson realm, how is it in the infrared realm? What is your life like in the infrared realm? What is it like having an infrared body? What is it like? having an ultraviolet blue body. What is your life like in the ultraviolet blue realm of reality? That's what I'm saying. This is like there are many, many mansions in my father's house. What do you think Oshawa and Joseph would say it? But with all of those frequency senses that have been laid over all of this material, but little materials we were left with, people have totally been knocked out in consciousness about how to use that to evolve itself. And I've, I've asked these organizations, I've given you the challenge. You keep telling me how the book is so sacred, whether it's the Quran or this or that and the other. And it's like, okay, fine. Well, what are the teachings? Can we get the teachings where we can manifest these things in our life? And the answer is never answered as yes or no. So you hang in there year after year, okay, never, ever, getting the opportunity to be these things that you read about in these books. And it's like, well, this is real impotent. No pun intended since we're talking about tantra. Okay, this is real impotent. Okay. Oh, nothing is going on here. Okay, and I've asked these institutions. It's like, okay, you keep talking about this book, the Holy Bible, and, you know, the New Testament and, J.C. keeps saying that these are things that we shall do and greater things. And it's like, okay, let's, let's not even think about the greater things yet, okay? Can you just teach the basic three, how to transform mass, how to bilocate, how to levitate? You know, the story with, you know, walking on water and changing, you know, water to wine and, you know, multiplying mass. 
feeding, you know, multitudes of folks with, you know, loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Can you teach us how to do that? You want me to come on Wednesday or Thursday night and then come on Sunday? Okay. Can we get the teachings? And there's never an answer except some utterance and reiteration over some scriptures and some places that were five or 6,000 years ago that you got to get special permission in the library to even get the maps to even identify where these places were. And I'm like, this is very interesting that you're going to try to tell me that there's no discussion here, everything is true, this is what we're standing for. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. It says here that we're supposed to learn how to do these three things and more, okay? Can we just get the teachings on these three things? And nobody's able to teach it because they've never been initiated to be able to teach it. And instead of saying that and then going out on a search to find the people who can teach everybody, they just rather give you foolishness. And the question is, why can't everybody else see the logic in this? Is that he's telling you the book is what it is, these are the things you're supposed to be able to do, and where are the teachings coming from for you to do this? And nobody says anything. They just keep singing songs and clapping and, you know, dancing around and putting their money in a plate. Mm. So mm-hmm. what do you, So, are these people victims? And the answer is no. The answer is no. This is a choice that they're making because, again, it's not about being what you say you are. It's not about that. And that's why we've lost so much of our life, et cetera, because we are real afraid to be. Because that means change. And how? how have, yeah. I just want to slide. This, I, I just want to slide this question, and I mean to cut your wisdom off, but you can just continue about. But how? Um, what are some of the tools and techniques? That you know, what I'm saying that we can use to get our courage back up. The opposite of fear is love, but we need courage. From from yeah, my but, standpoint. But, but, okay, but no, the formula is correct. The opposite of fear is love. So therefore, there's the answer: love thyself. Love thyself, and that means that loving thyself is that everything that you know that you've neglected about yourself that you haven't attended to that you refuse to do, you do that. You got Everybody's got the answers right there. Wherever there is an issue, the answer is right next to it. So, therefore, like I ask people, what have you done today to develop your brain? What have you done today to ensure that your neurons have grown a nanometer? And if you can't answer that question, then we know that you don't know anything about brain health which then means that how are you going to run a sophisticated instrument like the human body and you have not learned how to operate the mainframe computer? So we know that you're on a road to crash. If you can't answer that question, see, that's what I'm saying. Let's start from the top down. And when I finally got this, after all these years of study, hearing tens of thousands of people tell me their issues and whatever else, having to figure out how to get out of my own holes that I created, I recognize the inability to operate this master temple 
known as the physical body, not understanding how the brain works, not understanding the software that it contains, is my problem. And as I looked around at all these other people and listened to them, I recognized that was their problem too. And so it's like, okay, do I love myself enough to take this on? And the answer is yes, because it was given to me out of love. Your body is given to you out of love, a divine temple that can experience eternity, that totally regenerates itself, that can build space stations in outer space and buildings that are two, 300 stories high and can do all these incredible things. Is that not a gift of love, one of the greatest ones you'll ever experience? And here you go, are you going to sit here and just trash it? You're going to let somebody tell you some foolishness about it's evil and a whole bunch of other mess? That is just the epitome of ignorance. And people go to these institutions and sit there and let people tell them how their body is wicked and it's evil and just all this kind of foolishness, et cetera. And that's why the people who do those kind of teachings get the great honor of being buried so that the universe doesn't have to be poisoned any longer with those toxic lies that they teach. But they have no comprehension here of what real love is. We live in it every moment. Your body is the epitome of incredible love. I mean, and just logically, just break this down. I mean, look at this hand. I've never seen anybody who lost their hand or the fingers on and cheer up and down about how wonderful that is. They recognize that it is an incredible tool. This is the most sophisticated aspect of part of this body. No other creature on this planet has a hand like this. It may have five digits on it, et cetera. Even a little mole's little hand looks like ours, but that little mole's hand cannot do what this hand does. It can make holes in the yard and whatever else, but it doesn't build space stations in our space, Charlotte. It doesn't build a car that can fly and roll on the ground and then also be a boat on water. That just, when you look at that, I mean, just look at your fingernail. See, that's what I'm saying. The stuff is so obvious in front of us. That fingernail is incredible, and look how it actually turns so different from the rest of your skin. I mean, it's amazing because that same cell that is a fingernail is also with just a shift in frequency, a feather. That same cell that was a shift in its energy is also a strand of hair. Are you kidding? I mean, this temple is incredible. You look at your fingernail, you're looking at hair, you're looking at feathers. Just a change, a slight change in frequency. What intelligence is this that can create something that refined and magnificent that instead of it being a feather, it literally is a nail? I mean, come on now. I mean, just your foot. You always have transportation. Always. You can get anywhere in this world with the transportation on the end of your ankle, anywhere. So you're never abandoned. You're never left without the capacity to travel. All these things on this one incredible instrument. 
And when you learn how to operate it more, you can go through walls, you can levitate, go to other dimensions, you can do all kinds of things with this incredible instrument. And we have people that have taken no time to study it, to learn it at all, curse it, and do all kinds of things to it. But that is why ignorance is so devastating, and you never want it around you. Mm. And understand what it is. It is ignoring. It is ignoring. That's the origin of the word, not to pay attention. To overlook. Do you understand that if you took the time to really learn everything you put about your hand, you'd be an incredible being. And it's right there on the end of your wrist, two of them. That's ignorance, that these things are right here. We are in them, activating them every day. We take no time to learn them. That's what I'm saying. Amazing. And this is now what is going to basically free us up from this frequency sense that has us corralled in. You've got to go within. You've got to learn this temple. You've got to go within. And so, you know, one of the things I learned and I saw very clearly when I went and started studying Tantra is that I got very clear that most people aren't even ready to even go into any type of tantric exchange because they don't know hygiene. You don't know hygiene, you need not to be involved in anything tantric. Because this is the most disrespectful thing to try to be with anybody in an intimate space, and you don't know how to keep your own body clean. And that's for men and women. This is a real big issue on the planet amongst human beings. They don't know hygiene. They do not know hygiene. They do not know how to keep the body clean. They have no idea. It's perfumes and, you know, slathering all kind of stuff on the cetera. They don't know. They don't know when they should take a bath. We've got people walking around here, and they'll stay for years. They haven't taken a bath. Can you imagine? And you want to be tantric with a person who doesn't even know the benefits of bathing and how energy flows through water? Are you kidding That's what I said. I was like, I'm tired and want to get me started on this. Yes, <laughs> I do. That's why it's called original. It's called original. You got to wash your behind. Like, I can say that. That's why I was, I have Dr. Nardi on on Tuesday nights, and yeah. him having a non-combative uh, policy, I tell him, and I tell you, and I tell all the all the big wigs, I call y'all the heavy hitters. I'm a I'm a hard hitter. Y'all a heavy hitter. I can say the things y'all cannot say, but I named my show specifically Original Native Radio. Original means original thought. That means when it comes to your mind, you have permission to say it. The FDA or the FCC or whoever, they don't run this. You know, I, I, and in the South, I'm the HNIC here. My father raised me. He said, you have to pay the cost if you want to be the boss. So I don't have any sponsors. I don't have any of that. So you can feel free to, as we say, go in on people not washing their behind or not understanding, you know, but it's okay because here 
That's why I have a show on Tuesday night with symptometry, and we had a whole show dedicated to personal hygiene. Personal hygiene. I'm getting ready to post the link in the chat room now. If anybody wants to see it, they can go to symptometrybooks.com, scroll down in the archive. I think it was like show number 23 or show number 22. Like, we addressed that. Because like you said, it's utterly ridiculous to think that I can advance and uh, downgrade Tantra to just a good orgasm or a good erection and not be studying my own personal hygiene. How often do I change underwear? How often do I clean my fingernails out? How often do I brush my teeth? All of those all of those factors, yes, you are I love it when you just go mental and just read my thoughts. I can just sit here and be like, Yep, I would have said that. Yep, I would have said that. Yep, I would have said that. And that's and and that's the part. Because we talked about that earlier today. This is the second conversation and I'm doing a show right after this one on another network about Tantra, and we were talking about the people who don't do the prep work, they will totally miss out. Tantra Tantra won't work for you if you don't become it. If you're not serious about the whole 100%, it's not just going to give you just a half. And that's what we've been doing is half-assing. That's what my show is. My show is for those who want to stop half-assing and get on the good foot. You know, and sometimes I get a little... I get a little over the top, so I have to bring you on, and you can be kind of nice and soft with them. They, they're so happy you're talking to them tonight real easy because if you weren't here, I get kind of greasy sometimes. I haven't got the full control yet, and I let my lion roam around sometimes on the airways. So you are, you feel free. Feel free to just say it any way you'd like, Dr. Porkham. Don't even worry about it. I got your front and your back. Well, thank you. But, you know, again, uh, you know, one of the decrees that I made is, uh, from my perspective, from my angle, you know, I see uh, God as a magnificent, brilliant diamond. And as you know, a brilliant diamond is a diamond that has to have a minimum of 360 facets in it. That's why it's one of the most difficult to cut and why it's the most expensive. Because it's very hard to get 360 licks accurately and appropriately on a very small surface. But recognize that every surface and when you turn it has a total different perspective of the diamond itself. And I see that, you know, that is what our template that we've been made in the image of is this incredible faceted unlimited potential. And so therefore we pick a facet and be that. So the facet that I think is just so great about uh, God that I want to be able to exemplify is the just very kind and compassionate aspect to God. There's a very, uh, as you say, ferocious aspect also, you know, and that is divine too. But one of the ones that I said I, I wanted to really be the epitome of is just kindness and compassion. And, uh, you brought up a great point right there because some people think the whole world is supposed to be kindness. They say it's not supposed to be any meanness. There's not supposed to be any 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 uh, 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 any stirring up. It's all supposed to be, you know, people come to me. I have a high capacity for compassion, but I can't let it run. 24 hours a day, because sometimes I see an injustice 
I mean, a real injustice, you know, and I have, and, and my ferocious come out, and people are like, oh, Tyre, can you be nice, or where's your compassion at? Can you help me out as a young one, Dr. Jewel? What do I say? I just be quiet sometimes, but, you know, what, how am I, I mean, I just go ahead and proceed because I understand I'm in my virtues, but what are these well, people missing? That's very important, and that's why I said that, my, that was my commitment is that I really want to be the epitome of kindness and compassion. And that's the facet right now that I am focusing on mastering. And the key here is to be ferocious and be divine in one's ferociousness is different than being ferocious out of fear. See, and that's mm. the key. Ask yourself, who are you when you are taking on these postures? Are you being the God self, or are you still operating under the false perception of a personality that's been threatened? So, you know, I use these people that I see that have really demonstrated these really unique facets. And, you know, one of my definite heroes to be able to demonstrate kindness and compassion in the face of incredible ignorance in the face of incredible violence, was Dr. Martin Luther King. You have to understand, that was a brain that had developed a neural net that was so divine that it crashed one of the most incredible, hostile, demeaning, destructive institutions on the planet. I'm talking about on the planet, not just here in the United States. And that's why Dr. King, you know, everybody has to step back because everybody's still marveling how did he do it and he did not bust me upside the head or kill up everybody or burn down everything. Yeah, so you have to understand, that's what I'm saying, and that's when you know that you're dealing with divinity because divinity is never about destroying anything. Divinity is always sustaining the life force, always. The key is, can you understand life force in all of its unlimited variations, but divinity is always about life. And so to be able to destroy something, to transform it is a better word, that is overtly, obviously destructive to everybody and not use their methodology is incredible. That's divine. Never lynched one person. Never called anybody out of their names. Never ever denied them the right to stand next to them, eat whatever else, etc. Never tried to reduce them to anything. Tried to manipulate them to do something free for nothing and profit off of their energy. None of that was built into his strategy for dissolving an institution that was known to do nothing but to exploit. See, so that is divinity alive and well in your face. And most people still are not able to comprehend when divinity and divine action is in suit and very much in their face. For example, being able to have toes use of your hands. 
that's divinity in action. Then we have the people who literally take an aspect, a facet of divinity, and show it in its complete thorough form. So I always ask myself when I take a posture, is this me as who I've really been created to be, a manifestation of God? Is that my divine action in this opportunity? And that's when you know what you're doing. So if you're not demonstrating the divine warriorship of God, because there is one, then you have to ask, what are you doing? And if you're working out of anything less, uh, any other altered identity, you know that it's got flaws, and it's going to basically take you to a point, and then you're going to get dropped off because the flaws going to show up, and you got to eat it. You got to deal with the consequences of that. So this posture that you're taking, as to maybe I just better not say anything, is truly a neutral space of protection for you, because it most likely is an indication that your immediate reaction was not your true self, your divine self. It was probably working from one of those personality perspectives that is always motivated by fear, a threat of some type. And you don't want to react that way. That's why you have to have more brain tissue communicating so that you can always be in full consciousness of what it is that you're going to do and say because it will all come back to you. And people should be able to see that now. I was just looking at some little vignette on CNN, and, I mean, those people went back, and they went back 25 years and showed how this man's viewpoint on one subject was flip-flopping and changing over a 25-year period because of what he wanted to achieve at the moment that he wasn't literally standing on a moral principle that he knew was who he was and that he wasn't going to vacillate off that. So whatever he was trying to achieve at the moment, you know, his his language was always to support that and was never antagonistic to the majority attitude that he thought was going to get him where he needed to go. And that's what they were demonstrating. Is this the kind of person you want to have as a leader? who really is not standing up for what they believe under all circumstances. And if there really is a reason to change, and change is life, so there's always reason to change, but is that reason because you become enlightened? That is the key. And if you can't basically say, I need to change this because I now recognize that I am much more intelligent about who I am and my relationship to this matter, I have to change because I know more. I'm more radiant in consciousness. I have aligned myself more with the real facts here and the foundation that's happening in this event. So this is my posture at the moment. And be able to, you know, explain that. There's nothing, the change is not the issue. The key is if the change is because you are vacillating to try to please others, 
that is always going to get you into trouble or to please yourself, but yourself isn't who you are, which is a living manifestation of God. So this is the biggie that people are going to have to start coming to grips with. Who am I? Okay, when I want to sit there and talk about somebody, you know, their shoes or their hair or whatever, who is doing that? I don't think the God that created all things is going to be sitting here talking about whether somebody's hair is locked or bald. I mean, that's an expression of God. I mean, you know, you you have hair at times, and at times you don't, you know. And so it's like, so what is the issue here? Is that just going to make this person good or bad about their hair or whatever? And so when you start hearing these kind of conversations, you know that these people are working out of what I call their miniature self. These are miniature cells, a little, one or two little neurons communicating and don't have much information in them, and these are about the only things that they can perceive with the use of their eyes and ears to literally communicate about. And that's amazing because you have to understand that one neuron has the capacity of four fully loaded laptop computers. One neuron in your brain has the capacity to function as four fully loaded laptop computers. Four of them, not one. And then when you have 80 to 100,000 neurons in your brain, and then you want to sit up and use that neuron to discuss someone's hair, or the shoes that they're wearing, or, you know, whether their pants leg is too high or too low or whatever, you have to then really step back and say, what entity is just twerting off my life force energy with such nonsense and using my computers for nothing? It's like taking and putting a little baby that's four months old on your computer and letting them bang on the keys and everything while it's fully on, why would you do that? And, of course, logically you wouldn't. And you have to ask yourself when your brain deteriorates to having those kind of trite conversations and is processing that kind of information, what are you doing? One of my neurons has the capacity of four laptop computers, and I'm running some type of gibberish through it, about somebody's shoes or their dress or their hair? Hmm. Gibberish. Well, that's what it is. I mean, you know, do you understand what a neuron can do? One neuron, four laptop computers, and you're running some gibberish about evaluating a person based on their hair and shoes, et cetera? It's gibberish. What is that going to produce? What's going to be the product from that? How is that really making you feel? I mean, see, these are the things that people have to be observers about what that fabulous temple is doing because you're not, you don't know how to run it. You don't know how to observe it, monitor it, you know, understand the software, and it's getting you in trouble. Lots of problems on the planet. You know, earlier today on my radio show, I was talking about the fact that somebody did the stats on uh Rape, since that's been a big thing, is the politicians have gotten themselves into trouble about uh, this subject. And so they did the stats, and they recognized that, you know, the 
medical institutions don't even think enough of it to really keep adequate data on it. So they were able to go back retrograde in between the year 2004 and 2005, uh, able to identify that in the hospital system, 68,000 rapes had been committed and reported. 68,000. That was like 68,000 rapes in one year. And then what was so astounding, they went on to talk about the fact that out of that 68,000 that were reported, I'm saying you have to get this now, we don't know how many actually rapes happened in the country, but the medical profession reported 68,000 of them. And then of that 68,000, 15% were on children less than age 12. Wow. And I was like, is this not a decadent society that is degenerating very rapidly? Because you have to understand that there's a segment of the brain known as the reptilian brain. And the reptilian brain is the same brain that reptiles have. And that is a characteristic of reptiles. They don't have bonding procedures. The parents do not take care of their young. The parents do prey and eat their young, as well as any other reptile, if necessary. And that the only time they really come together collectively is to mate. And everybody, after the mating process, needs to be running on their own, because otherwise there's going to be fighting and somebody's going to get eaten and attacked. This lizard snakes the whole bit. So here we have this population, 68,000 rates, and 15% are on children less than age 12. So that lets you know that there's a large population of individuals who are still operating their entire life right now in an adult body, only using the reptilian aspect of the brain. And that's what's walking around here, driving around, you know, amongst you. And we know that. I mean, you know, sex, pornography in children, all these different things. This is all reptilian. Nobody that's in the mammalian brain would basically exploit their offspring like that. But because we don't know about brain growth and development and we have not made the connections yet about what I call lower brain function represented by the other life forms that live amongst us and the behavior that they exhibit, what it means when a human being exhibits that same behavior, what part of the brain that they're in. So the reptile and the human being become the same entity when the human being is only processing its consciousness through the reptilian brain. And we say that. I mean, you even say it. The people call you. You call it just like they see it. They call you a snake. (laughs) They call you a snake. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm glad they were able to see that because the person is acting from and utilizing the body just like a reptile. Their consciousness is in the reptilian brain. And so we don't think that that's pathologic, but it is. 
because the part of the brain that we're supposed to be using is in the front of the head, behind the your temp, your uh, forehead. It's called the neocortex. That's where we're supposed to be in consciousness, right and left neocortex, not just the left. People use only the left in this type of society. But you're supposed to be able to use both. And when you're in the neocortex, you don't prey on your offspring. That's just totally kind of not even phantomable. So these rules and laws that have been set up for many people are set up because the people are functioning at a level of brain capability that is not indicative of them being human. And that if you don't have rules and laws, they will act like the animals that they literally are synonymous with because that's where their consciousness is in their own brain development and evolution. And the only way you can permanently change that without having to enforce rules and laws is to help the individual evolve their brain and then to help them take a seat in the new area of the brain that they have now fully activated. So it's interesting when we think about the fact here that, you know, how do we know ISIS? And we know that ISIS what? Okay, step up on the three steps. Each one of those steps is a level of brain function, a level of brain evolution, those three steps. And then you sit in your seat. So stepping up those three steps and then sitting in your seat, which is literally at the fourth level, is equivalent to the heart chakra. Totally one with everything. Totally able to experience the life force, which is love, in all things. That is what the ISIS initiation is about. Totally developing the fourth circuit of the brain as well as full opening of the heart chakra. Now, I had to search long and hard and read a whole bunch of books to finally put that translation together because the false science of Egyptology never utters it because it doesn't want you to be able to go and live in your fourth field, your fourth chakra. Because once you go there where everything becomes one, you're almost unstoppable as far as then completing the rest of your neurologic physical development. And that's what the ISIS story is really about, that once you go to that level, the heart chakra, you can put together and rebuild anything. That's the whole translation of the ISIS Osiris story. It doesn't matter what form comes and tries to dismantle the life force functioning from the fourth circuit of your brain, from the fourth steel, you can bring life back to anything. That's what the story is about. And it doesn't matter how far you basically scatter the pieces. You can bring all those pieces back together and unite it and bring it back into its divinity. But the pseudoscience known as Egyptology is not teaching that because they did not want you to understand what that meant. Even though I don't know how many people have sat there and looked at that image sitting on that seat 
with three steps under the feet. Under the feet. Which means what? Mastery. Understanding. Those people can't even become an ISIS, even though she's right there for all of us to comprehend. But we've been told misinformation about the geometry that we're seeing. This is, and look, I'm going to ask this question. I kind of know the answer. Is this a little sample of what people are going to be getting on August the 31st down in Norcross, Georgia? <laughs> well, you know I have to always tell the truth, and the answer is no. <laughs> You're not going to be getting <laughs> because we got something else even more incredible here, okay? <laughs> you know, more incredible that's got to be talked about uh, that has occurred over a 500 million year period that has brought us to the present. But this is one of the examples of what has been done and the corruption of the translation of ISIS and the fourth field and the fourth segment of the brain was corrupted 100 million years ago. Check that out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's something. I tell you, it's been really interesting. So, you know, it's time for me to go. The melatonin is surging here. (laughs) (laughs) I call it good upbringing. Because some people think good upbringing is um, only from, it's only from what your parents give you. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily agree. I look at the um, as as the Godhead, the creative force of the universe. Doctor Nardi calls it the mega force. He says it's impossible to put a sex on it, so he just calls it the mega force. The mega force is always giving us good upbringing, and uh, so you know that that surging characteristic is a part of. Um, it's it's one of the tools in your tool belt. So you know, Taj Tariq Bay said, "Truth need no apology." So just keep on telling the truth and keep on being who you are. That's why I say people say, why you don't apologize? I say, because I wasn't lying. I said, when I thought, when you catch me apologizing, that means I was telling a lie. If I hurt somebody's feeling, it wasn't on purpose. But like you just said, there are no victims. So that means I can't be a villain. You know, their particular preparation for uh, when they wanted to hear about truth. I had a friend the other day, Denzel Washington made a movie called Fallen about spiritual entities moving from one person's body to another just by touching them. And this particular spirit was going around inhabiting people's bodies, uh, killing other people, and then jumping out into another host body, which didn't have psychic self-defense. And so I just said, I just mentioned it just barely. And she was like, oh, my God, don't, don't, don't talk about that. I said, don't talk about that. Oh, no, no, can you change the subject? Immediately I knew I was talking to the wrong person. I was like, how did I gravitate to somebody or how did somebody gravitate to me who is fully ignoring the facts? Yeah, well, you were talking to a being that was in fear. 
And so that's one of the tactics of uh, a person who has allowed a lesser consciousness to control their body. And they immediately initiate the process of avoidance. Yeah, that's what that is, the process of avoidance. But see, what's so so interesting about it is that the reason why she was confronted with you bringing that conversation to her is the fact that that's what she's thinking. So she's been thinking about those things, and so therefore you manifested what she has not been willing to say, but she's been thinking that. And so instead of her basically recognizing that she created that opportunity to get a discussion on that, to get some information so that she would no longer have to be in fear, she, again, avoided the opportunity to become enlightened. Wow. Yeah, she created, and, and that's what we do, too. We often create the opportunity that we that we need in our life or that we require, and then we vacillate and say, uh, I'm not gonna take it, and, oh, and, yeah. and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm guilty of it too because I want a sun gaze, but when I get up in the morning, I don't want to go outside sometimes until I'm ready to go outside, you know. And the sun is like, I'm not gonna wait until you're ready to get up. You know, this is the time that I come up on the regular. <laughs> so if you want to catch me for this first hour of daylight, then this is the time that you're gonna have to do it and not vacillate. And the benefits will be in when Kyrie stands up and says, "All right, I know the sun's coming up tomorrow at six forty-seven. I know I got to be out there by before eight o'clock if I want to catch the X factor rays versus the Y factor rays, as Dr. Gibson uh, calls it. And I and I've seen the benefits and the downside of not standing up to those things that I you know and and greeting those things that I desire or require in my life. So, whew. Totally, totally, totally. I'm totally getting it. I'm totally getting it, you know, at, at, with my old self. <laughs> well, now, no, you, you know, now, I, I, I will not allow you to say that you're old until you're about 40,000 years old. If you're about oh. 40,000 years old, I will agree with you. That's funny because um, I, are you familiar with Dr. Mitchell Gibson from Tybro? Yes. So one day... Um, I was talking to him and his wife, and they were talking about the, um, there's a program, the Highlander. And, um, you know, the Highlander was these immortal beings, and the only way they could die was through decapitation. And um, he said the oldest living person, he said that there um, there were persons on the planet who were millions of years old and stayed in certain pockets of, or certain pockets of communities and stayed, you know, amongst themselves and kept their particular identity to their community. And he said the oldest deity that he knew or or the oldest living person that he knew on the planet was 8,000 years old. And so I looked at him, and he was very matter-of-fact with it. And so I saw him two days, I saw him Monday in, um, in his office, and when we left, he called me young man. And I said, Man, he makes me feel good. You know, so I'm I'm 42 years old. There's a lot I want to get accomplished. Sometimes I look and say, man, I could have done a lot more, yada, yada, yada. But then when he called me, I said, man, thank you. I, I, I said, you're really making me feel good calling me a young man. And he just floated out the door and says, you are very young. 
<laughs> but it was how he said it, you know, and now to well, say. I mean, but, but it's true, you are very young, and I think that it's important for you to make a decision about who you're going to be, who you are, and then move on that. Because as a manifestation of God, that's who you are. And a manifestation of God, you have all those qualities, eternity, immortality. So, therefore, why beat yourself up about something that you haven't accomplished yet? If you recognize that you're immortal, put it on your list and move on. And as you then accomplish the things that you need to at the moment, you'll get to it. And whether you're 200 years old or whether you're 15,000 years old, you'll get to it. And that is really important in actualizing your immortality. This is very important. So I'll give you an assignment, and then I have to say goodnight. And the assignment is write out the things that you want to accomplish in the next 10,000 years. Write out your goals for the next 10,000 years. That will grow you to neurons. That'll grow me some new what? Some neurons. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You have to have a brain. You have to have the neurons to do anything. See, that's what people don't understand is that it's not about you can't do it. What you are demonstrating is that you just don't have the neurons activated and primed to execute the event. That's all. And so some neuronal pathways are already activated. Those are gifts. Some basically then you have to nurture and cultivate, and that's known as living. But you can do anything at any time, but you have to first set the groundwork that the neurons are operating on. And that's why it's very important that you have to establish who you are and to continuously allow yourself to be a personality instead of being a divine being that you were created to be is very debilitating and you cannot get full functionality from your brain when you do not acknowledge that it is the computer that processes the mind of God. You keep wanting to have it process some jackleg programs, etc., from these archetypes instead of activating the natural default software, which is divine. So these are the choices that people are making. And it's going to become very evident that people are going to get through these incredible opportunities that they're going to have to make a choice, that they're just not going to be an archetype or some type of personality or whoever they think that they want to be at the moment instead of being what they were created to be. Most people are prodigal children. And so this is the time now to come home and take on your birthright, I'm telling you. Mm. So, you know, write out your life for the next 10,000 years and make that your goal and see what happens to you. See, these are the true tenets for the fountain of youth. The fountain of youth is in you. You were born immortal. So just turn on the energy. That's what we've been talking about today, Tantra. Turn on the energy. And so obviously accepting these things is the most 
important step before manifestation. You have to, first of all, decide what you want, then you have to accept it, and then the last thing is to just be receptive to it. So, yes, you are young, and so therefore now give yourself the task, a 10,000-year lifestyle. What does it look like? Write it out. And then (laughs) next is just be it. Wow, wow, wow. I'm so happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you just, you just broke me out of my last, the last part of the useless. I mean, Christianity's got a lot of good aspects, but the part I was holding on to was Genesis, um, I think it was Genesis 6-5, where Jesus promised us 120 years. And um, just, and just, that, just and that, Right, and that's based on whose calendar? See, these are the things that you don't fill in the blanks and you get messed up. Okay, you have to ask, okay, on what calendar is that? What is that cycle? 150 years on what cycle? Okay, because if you go up front to Genesis, I don't know what chapter, they already give you the uh, listing of what the ancestors were prior to him coming on the scene. 400 and, what is it, 449 years by some calendar, that, that's what, uh, what's his name, uh, Noah was. 449 years old by what calendar, though? So could that have been 4,994 years? Could that have been 49,400 years by what calendar? It definitely wasn't by the Gregorian calendar that you live by now because all those people were way before Pope Gregory got here. So it couldn't have been using his calendar, could it? But see, that's what I'm saying. Thank you. So therefore, when you start being able to plug in these little bits of data, the answers go to a totally different direction. So that 150 years that Jesus Christ is talking about was not based on a Gregorian calendar. So you might as well throw that out the window. So you can't even use that as a measurement. Wow, wow. You just shifted the, the frequency of the type of people that I will start to attract because practicing immortality will make your whole, like you said, you will develop new new uh, neurons for for talking. You're going to have new talking neurons because you have a new subject matter, and it's going to be, I'm already sometimes difficult to talk to. I mean, well, it's, there's a there's a barrier, there's, there's a vast, there's a a canyon sometimes in between where I'm at on the path and where somebody else is on the path. And, and sometimes, that's why, and that's why love is so important because there's always the love that builds the bridge that you can always be with anybody and never forget that. Can you imagine that if God did not have that? adhesiveness to everything that it is, what would happen? And so, you know, the love of God is just as present with the little slug that eats up my flowers as it is with great beings like yourself. Even though it's far, far more than just a little slug or you or I or all the people in America, et cetera, because of that link that always keeps everything as one, which is love. And so, therefore, remember that. 
So, you know, when people are where they are, they just are where they are, but you love them because that is an aspect of you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let me take one caller before we get out of here because I'm not going to hold you no, no longer. My melatonin is calling. Only one. <laughs> okay. Only one. Uh, let me see if I can get to... I can get this thing to work here. Well, all of a sudden, I like it when my when the solar flares save you. I see you send out a burst of energy here to my to my Macintosh computer with your neurons. Because if you got one neuron running four laptops, and you just shot like three of them over here, okay, here we go. Let me see can I let me see can I, your neuron gonna let this microphone open? Uh, caller from the A one six. Two two five. Your mic is open. Please turn your speakers down. Hello. Well, all right. Hello. Yes. Did you have a comment yeah. or a question this evening? Actually, I guess my I guess I needed to ask a question because it just pressed one by itself. <laughs> okay. Can I get uh, your name and where you're calling from? Oh, uh, my name is Daylon. I'm calling from Kansas City, Missouri. All right, thanks for calling in tonight. What's your comment or question? But don't make it long because her melatonin is calling. No, no, it's a quick question. It's just real quick off the top of the head since it's just, I guess it was meant for me to ask um, about the uh, your past life and how does that play a role in your life of today? Does that carry on or, um, like I said, this is really just a, a question off the top of the head. Oh, no, but it's a very important question, so I can make it simple, but you have a little homework to do. Um, okay. I, I was uh, given the opportunity to be on the show uh, a week ago, a week ago, where I did. Where I did. Uh, okay, I'm okay, reverberating. I'm reverberating. Yeah. I think he's going to have to make sure he turns the speakers down. Okay, his phone is on your computer. Okay, yeah, so this is where we did the discussion on astrology. And so this gentleman needs to really listen to that program of yours that we did on astrology because that answers the question. The astrology chart shows you the past life, the attitude, your accomplishments, the lessons you didn't learn, and puts you right to this lifetime for you to basically pick up and to make a decision to either repeat the same mistakes again to use the same qualities of mastery again or to bump yourself up to a whole different level, which is required by you to have to change your attitude and then obviously develop the brain more. So, yes, this lifetime is definitely reflected in your path. It's recorded in your brain, but you have to grow a highway of neurons to access that level of the brain that contains that kind of information. You are born with a brain that has 10 million years of history of all of the lifetimes that you've lived for the last 10 million years. It's right in the back of your brain. And interestingly enough, it sits right in the area of the brain that we call the seat of God. So it really kind of reminds me of, the, of ISIS again, is that... Uh, I see that that initiation into the ICN temple was the capacity to be able to take the three steps to be able to then stand in consciousness 
in the fourth segment of the brain to be able to understand those 10,000 years that you live and now you have evolved beyond so that you can actually now make, beginning to make your ascension process. So the astrology chart finally has really been released. The frequency sense has really been broken out of and beyond to release the real truth about the astrology chart. It gives you the roadmap for what you did, what you didn't do, how you created your death, and how you can then move forward from that reflection. But most people don't know how to use it. They never knew what it was really representing, and they never understood that it also shows how you destroyed your physical body in your previous life. So people continuously get into that whole cycle and do the same thing over and over again. Now, the astrology chart always shows the archetype that you adapted. You refused to be a god. You refused to be the god that you were created to be. You took on the identity of an archetype, and it shows you what that looks like. And from there, you have to then decide if you're going to basically continue to play the game or you're going to elevate yourself off of that wheel. Because that's what it is. It's a wheel. It's constantly cycling over and over again. Are you going to get up off of it? So, yes, that is important, and you are here to basically make a decision again. Are you going to die and separate yourself like you've done for so many lifetimes, or are you going to finally become whole and one and move forward? That's why we're all here. We all have done the same thing. So it doesn't matter whether we are living in a cardboard apartment on the corner in some major city or we're in some lavish, palatial 300-room mansion. The point is, if you do not get your mind right and these neurons articulated appropriately, they're going to carry you out of any of those spaces and dump you back in the ground and you're going to start that cycle over again or, you know, burn you up or, you know, whatever. The point is that you didn't get it and you separated yourself from yourself again because your physical body represents the consciousness of who you've been and the potentials that you can be this lifetime based on the template blueprint written by your consciousness and overlaid on that body before birth. I've got to say goodnight. I love you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Pulcrum. It's awesome, baby! want to say thank you to everyone who has joined us so far tonight, each and every Wednesday here at Illuminati Money. We will be here again next week for another version of Illuminati Money. Don't worry about it. I'll keep surprises and keep one up the sleeve for you. I'll see you next Wednesday at 9. Tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, we have Master Yao and myself with the Tower of Tantra and Life. Dr. Jewel went in tonight. If you want to go in further with us tomorrow, please join us at 8 o'clock right here at OriginalNativeRadio.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kair. 
please go over and join our mailing list at relaxationisthekey.com. And if you need any of these services that I particularly offer, whether it's consultation in the tantric lifestyle, which I hope all of you can join us on September the 9th, please, please, please come out on September the 9th. And these are many of the tips, tools, and techniques that you're going to be needing to activate this energy, activate these 10 million years of memories inside of your brain. These are going to be some of the things we're going to be going over on September the 9th at Ma'ati Spa in Winston-Salem. If you'd like to get a ticket for an advanced ticket, you can please go to thetantriclifestyle.com, thetantriclifestyle.com, and then you just click on the event for September the 9th, and you'll be able to register immediately through the site and have your ticket waiting for you at the door. Uh, tickets in advance are $45 for singles, $60 for couples, and at the door it is, I think, $60 at the door for singles and $100 for couples. Now, you can just bring two people if you want. So if you want to buy two tickets for $75 in advance, then that's fine. If you want to come, you know, instead of paying $60 at the door, then you can save 10 bucks by bringing a, a male or a female friend. It doesn't have to be someone that you're in love with. We won't be having uh, sex, but sex is, we won't be having sexual intercourse, excuse me, but sexual energy will be flowing very high. We will be discussing the subjects of sexual energy, orgasms, uh, all aspects of Tantra, including diet, nutrition. We'll be talking about self-love and self-energy healing. We'll also be talking about relationships, honesty in relationships. And we're going to be talking about money. When we're talking about money, what does a, how does a balanced brain, how does an immortal talk about money? How does he talk about currency? Are you ready for that particular leap in your paradigm shift? Well, I hope to see you all on September the 9th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Also, if you go through uh, Ma'ati Spa, you can call them, and they will also give you the hookup on rooms. Don't get a room by yourself. I mean, don't just go online and try to order a room. We uh, Ma'ati Spa has some type of big discount with the Wyndham, but you must come through them, and they can get it for you at a discounted rate. So if you're coming from South Carolina or another part of North Carolina, there is an after party that night. There is a tantric after party and birthday party. So we're also calling out all Virgos. We're calling out all Virgos who want to celebrate with us. Even if you don't come to the actual workshop, the after party starts at 9. Um, this is a, a full, full service spa. So at 7 o'clock, between 7 and 9, if you want to get a massage or you want to get some reflexology or you want to get some of the services that they offer, that will be available to you. But the after party starts at 9, and we're going to kick it off all night. It is a Sunday, so if you got to go to work on Monday, I don't know how late how late you can stay, but I look forward to seeing as many as you as possible on that day. Uh, tomorrow night, like I said, is me and, me and Master Yao. Sunday, the Academy of Cosmophysics. We're at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Abundance Child. Call in and get a mini reading. Learn your archetype. Learn learn what happened and, and why you decided to come back. And if you want to get a longer astrological or what I call a solar biology reading, please get in contact with Coach Kair. Our phone number directly is 
587-1215. You can reach me on Facebook, uh, Kyer Love, or you can send me an email at CoachKyer at Gmail. That's K-H-A-Y-R. Also, a lot of things have been going on in the month of August in the planetary energies. If you're having some emotional blockages or something like that, please get in contact with me about my emotional freedom technique services. Uh, some people call it EFT. Uh, you can type in EFT and Gary Craig. He's a, uh, the man who's accredited with that particular science this lifetime um, on YouTube, and you'll see many, many, many videos. And I'm just, I'm just really happy that, yes, being such a young immortal and such a, another 10,000 years in front of me, I encourage all of us to do the same homework that Coach Kyrie's got. And um, let's write our next 10,000 years out and see what that's like. Now, I am transferring straight from this show to Mr. Make It Happen Radio, MrMakeItHappenRadio.com. That's all you have to do. I mean, it'll be like 30 seconds. I'm going to hang up from my show, and I'm going to go directly over to Mr. Make It Happen Radio. He's waiting on me over there, and uh, it's going to be some real grown folk talk over there. So if you can, please follow us over to Mr. Make It Happen Um for some 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 very live conversation, I'm, I'm I'm really interested in how that's going to go down with all the jewels and electrical circuitry work that Dr. Pulcrum just put on me. So, uh, Mr. Make It Happen Radio dot com is where I'm headed to now for part three of this tantric series, and I'm going to be celebrating my father's birthday. You know, at twelve o'clock, we sounding the alarm. So, uh, big shouts out to Arthur Lee Carter. I love you. I love all my ancestors. And um, make sure if you have a, a deceased ancestor that you show some respect um, by placing something on the altar for them or making a special altar strictly for them and your ancestors, your local ancestors. Um, I thank everybody for joining us tonight. All of those in the 313, the 704s, the 856s, 314s, 586s, 347s, the 803s, the 810, the 229s, and the 404s. I thank you all for joining me tonight and for joining Dr. Jewel Pulcrum. If you need more information about the Brain Balancing Program, please go to www.djewelnetwork.net, djewelnetwork.net, and click on Brain Balancing. If you, um, The new site should be launched very soon as well. They're all very excited, and they've been telling me about it for the last couple of days, so I'm looking forward to seeing it too. But you, um, if you need information or want to purchase advance tickets, send an email to events at thejewelnetwork.net. Um, that's about it for me. I'm going to take us out tonight with a little hip-hop, of course. And this is Salem Psalms by Star. Salem Psalms by Star. I see the S's, so now I forgot that I didn't shout out Symptometry. Please check out symptometrybooks.com for the latest and greatest podcast. We just did AIDS, HIV, STDs, and uh, all the syphilis and the gonorrheas and all that and the herpes. We did all that last night. We're doing part two next Tuesday because the show got cut off. September the 15th, we're going to be in the Northern Virginia area. Please go to symptometry.com and click on upcoming events. Also, big shouts out to Dr. Mitchell Gibson. His birthday is on the 24th, so his birthday is Thursday. Give him a big shout. I mean, Friday, give him a big shout out on Facebook or call his office 
tybro.com, T-Y-B-R-O.com, and download that miracle prayer. There are too many tools out here for us that are available for us not to be taken advantage of. So please check out Dr. Mitchell Gibson. He's also on my RelaxationIsTheKey.com page. Go to RelaxationIsTheKey.com, go to videos, and then go down to wise words being spoken. He has some very strong words about the dark night of the soul. A lot of us have went through it or are going to go through it, and some of us may be in the middle of it right now. Please get you some wisdom sooner than later. All right. We're going to take it into Star Salem Song. I love you all. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you right over at Make It Happen Radio. Peace. Down on my last 20 money, funny, so I ain't joking, smoking, mask off, mama about to blast off, killing your buzz, that's what a veteran does, been a minute on this mic since days of peach fuss, I don't play with it, go all the way with it, sword sharp, good aim, touche with it, shady Cobain fit it, got them drunk knocking, flavor flavor in the track, that's why you keep clocking, diggers know this sport requires skill, real bad, yeah, it is like ice on your grill, I say snap and shout it, one woman rapping on me, and the People love the goddess, that's why they clapping for me. Cali the Bronx, mama's cock armor in my honor. Gorilla spin, this flow is bananas. Beating on my chest, I'm the best. No comma, head in IC like Michelle Obama. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.